Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. Howdy, race fans. How the hell are you? It is hot as hot down here in Mississippi. Lord have mercy. We've seen temperatures up in the hundreds of degrees. We're, we're currently cooking breakfast out on the out on the asphalt. Hope y'all are staying cool. You hear a little noise in the background. That's going to be a fan blowing. Just, uh, hopefully it'll make the airwaves sound like an old AM radio station. Glad to have each and every single one of you here tonight. Boy, we just cannot wait to get Craig Moore and Taz Taylor in the studio here, and we'll get this thing started. It was kind of a off weekend there. Uh, uh, NASCAR's only off off weekend till the end of the season. We're going to go into a, a twenty week stretch uh, of NASCAR. So, um, but we did have uh, the SRX series. I got cranked up, cranked it up. Uh, for the SRX Series this this past weekend at Five Flags Speedway, a sellout crowd. Uh, Elio Castroneves was the winner. Um, a good good show put on between Bubba Pollard and Newman. We'll talk about that more. And the Truck Series, we had uh, well, we had uh, who won that Truck Series race? Todd Gillian. Todd Gilliam won the Truck Series race in his daddy's truck. He's a, I think, he's the first driver to have three different teams, three different wins, first time wins or something. I, I, it was a crazy stat. It wasn't our stat today. Hopefully, Taz Taylor's got that on board for us. I do believe we have somebody in the studio. Who is that? It's me, Chris. Okay, so you done. You got you a Florida number now. Yeah. Okay, I'm used to seeing a couple of 518s, so, uh, all right. Well, waiting on Taz Taylor. He's not here just yet, but, uh, yep, so, uh, obviously, I found out, Craig Moore, that, uh, uh, Fox, uh-oh, <coughs> oh, the sun got me. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, whew, I feel so much better, though. Man, I, it probably didn't sound too good, but, boy, I feel like I'm a new man now. Uh, so... They 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 said they didn't send a Fox crew to uh, uh, to Knoxville, and uh, the broadcast wasn't all that great. I I don't know, Craig. I, I don't know if you watched the race on rerun or or what, but uh, I wasn't. I did not know that the broadcast team was not there. I guess that shows how much I paid attention to it. It was really hard to juggle the SRX and the dirt race. I, I hate that they were both on top of each other like that, but uh, that'll give us something to discuss here later as well. Um, but my biggest thing was, uh, and I guess you probably can follow me with this, Craig Moore. They, the broadcast team didn't even get uh, Jessica freezing flipping over. I mean, come on. No, and that's, uh, I mean, that was a pretty major, that was a major, major flip, and they dropped the ball on that. And that's their excuse, apparently, that they didn't send a, uh, they didn't send their crew out there. Uh I can't understand why they wouldn't do it, seeing how they're contracted and all the truck races are on FS1. You would think they'd send an actual crew out there. So 
Uh, if we were going to do black flags, checkered flags, I think that that would definitely probably be mine and yours for a black flag would be uh, uh, Fox not catching that flip. I mean, she was able to continue. We're getting ahead of ourselves here, Craig, but uh, go ahead. But um, she was able to continue until, I guess, a brake rotor snapped or whatever. Uh, But, I mean, I didn't expect big things out of her anyway. But, I mean, that was a hell of a wreck for them not to catch on camera. Well, it was a lot of action all over the speedway that I felt like was lost. Um, but uh, like I said, if I could judge between the two telecasts, I would definitely have to say the SRX series hit a home run on theirs. Uh, they had a drone that was outrunning the race cars, uh, giving some great aerial footage uh, from that race. I believe you were having a hard time finding the the, race, the rerun of the race, though, right, Craig? That's concerning. I was. I, I was, and series. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I was. I tried to find it on CBSSports.com, and uh, they didn't have anything even listed for the SRX series in their uh, on the top of their website. Right, right. So, they paid a hundred million dollars for something, Craig. Uh, you expect to be able to find it, right? Yeah, I mean, I watched it. I watched clips of it today on YouTube. Um, but I mean, it would have been nice to actually watch the. Uh, it wouldn't. Uh, it would have been nice to be able to watch it on CBSSports.com. You know the rerun. Yeah. I honestly thought we recorded it, and we got home that night and realized that we did not record it. Right. So we won't be using the mobile app for Xfinity anymore. Oh, I've I've never had the issue with Xfinity. I've always uh, I've always been pretty grateful for it. They did take that feature away for quite a while. Uh, on Xfinity, where you could not record from away from the house. You had to be on your own Internet. And I, I thought, how ridiculous is that? But somehow or another, they squeezed it back in, and now you can, uh, once again, be out on the road or something, hit record. But, you know, it, it's probably one of those situations, Craig. Don't give up on that because I, I've never had a personal issue uh, with my Xfinity on that level anyway. but uh, No, uh, I'll just so, record it ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, That's what I love about it, man. You can... You can record it now. Like mine was still from last year. The moment there was a non-repeat XRX series race, it's uh, it picked right up on it, man. Just uh, about every now and then I have to go through there and, and, and delete everything that I don't really want, especially if you got a good movie or something. That comes on. Man, we're giving so much free airtime to Xfinity. Maybe they should come on and sponsor the show. Absolutely. And Fox, we gave them a few. Uh, we gave them a few plugs. So. Right. Maybe Still waiting I, on our uh, third host, uh, Taz. Uh, let's see. Anybody heard from him? That's his... He might be uh, baby duty. Oh, the baby. He's probably changing a poopy diaper, Chris. Remember those? Yeah. I am so glad I don't have to deal with those anymore. Yeah, yeah buddy. Ooh, now I just have to deal with four-wheelers and cars and... Oh, did you change the old? Did you put brake fluid in it? Yeah, they're coming back around though, because we're old. So, you know, grandbabies are coming and things like that. Oh, yeah, buddy. So, so uh, you know, what? it was kind of a, a dull weekend, uh, uh, 
uh, Craig Moore, uh, without Cup and without the Xfinity Series, we've had so much to talk about over the last, uh, you know, I guess, however long we've been doing this already this year. Uh, I don't even keep up with the count of episodes. I just know we do a bunch of them. It's like 14, 15 weeks. Yeah, wow. wow. But, uh, waiting still, uh, but listen, coming up at 9 o'clock, while we're waiting on the Tasmanian devil of flaggers, Taz Taylor, coming up at 9 o'clock, Kyle Dingman is going to join us. He is a uh, upstate New York uh, limited sportsman driver, and it's pretty ironic. He's, he was scheduled. I scheduled him for this weekend, this Tuesday, a month ago, and he picked off a win this past Saturday night at Fonda, so... That was pretty cool. He's pretty stoked about it. I know a lot of people up there are going to be tuning in. So, uh, well, at least they shared the post. So I'm hoping that they at least tune in. Um, and then coming up next week, we're going to talk with Hendry County Motorsports Park promoter Ken Kenny. We on we had him on earlier this year, but he's got a big Fourth of July uh, shindig going on at the track uh, next Friday and Saturday. So, uh, you know, Race Chat Live will be there for that. More Two Music will be there for that. We'll take some photos. We'll post them to the page. He's expecting about three. I'm guessing right around three, four hundred people every night, which isn't doesn't sound like a big deal, but down here that's a good that's a good chunk of people. Oh yeah, so three hundred people involved in something. I mean, you're doing the thing. We're we're seeing we're seeing less and less fans at the racetrack almost every week, and you know, as a as a person who works in the industry, you know, and has a job like I do, you you have to ask yourself, man, is, am I just not funny anymore? Is it something I've done? But then you look at other racetracks and they're all suffering uh, the same way, and it's just uh, it's disheartening to see. Uh, these guys out here putting on a show and not no fans in the stands to to watch it. Uh, you know, I don't know if that has something to do with slow racing and all these you know Mav TV and all that. I, you know, I just I really I don't think I'm educated enough to to make a comment on that. Uh, you know, uh, I know promoters feel like it may have, it may hurt the racetrack, and I don't want to argue with somebody uh, who's got skin in the game. You know, Craig and Taz. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's something that uh, you know uh, there of course eight as you know you get two races out of ten that people will show up for and it'll be a big shebang and uh, they had the the, the race at Magnolia uh, the class at the Mag this past weekend had 128 cars show up guys 128 cars showed up and uh, uh, it was uh, about 30 40 street stops all kinds of cars man they put on a great show had packed house all weekend. So you just you just don't know, you know, you just don't know uh, when fans are going to come and when they're not. Uh, I talked to a promoter earlier today, and he said that, uh, you know, the past race cost him about two grand and uh, out of his own pocket. That's, uh, you know, that can't go on for very long, guys. So whatever, wherever we need, wherever we can help to put fans back in these stands, I, I'm more than willing to, to put my arm and leg out there uh, and, and and I hope that you guys have uh, take the horn for what it is. You know, it's, we, we've got we've got a situation going on here. So. Well, I was getting ready to say that, too. I don't know if Taz is in the studio yet, but I was getting ready to say that, too. I wonder 
like you do, if Slow TV and Mav TV, if if I can watch it from the comfort of my own home and I don't have to get dirty, do I really want to go to the track? I mean, and spend that kind of money? Because at home you've got food. You've got uh, the creature comforts. You're not sitting in a... You're not sitting in a bleachers. You're sitting on your couch. You're sitting in your recliner. You could be sitting on the floor just like you're, you know, just like you're there, just not getting all dirty. Um, so I don't know if, if those out west have heard it. And, you know what else you, I get, mean, you, know get, what else you get, Craig? You get replays. Yeah. You get replays at home. <laughs> you make you pinch your nipples. You get to see it happen again. You're like, ah, dang it, boy. That's how you got that's how he got up here in the wall. That's what old Uncle Jesse made on stepped out of the car swinging bats and stuff. I'd, I'd be the same way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's not something. I know the, the beginning of the year, where while we're waiting for Taz, we went to the opening race here at Henry County. <laughs> and there was a production crew there. And I was sitting up next to them, and they were showing me replays. Um. And I'm like, wow, that's how that I, because I didn't see it. You know, I could see it from my seat. I seen it from my seat, but then when I seen it on the replay, it was not at all what I had thought. So, again, you have to wonder if that outlet is doing more harm than good to the sport. Right. Well, and you got drivers who are mainstream these days, and they build up a fan base, and, you know, we've got – several drivers in our area that are that are pretty damn popular and you know you can say names like Brooks Strength and and Mike uh Mark Whitener a guy from down your way as a matter of fact uh old Whitener he's a super late model driver can drive anything wheels off of it he's just well known you know and so you get you get a race where one of these guys they're going to be on that tv well it's going to affect how many fans are in your stands uh because uh you know these racers have uh, made a name for themselves on some national levels. And we all know the fight between NASCAR and dirt racing, and it's crazy that this weekend we got short track stuff with SRX and we got trucks on dirt, uh, but they were on top of each other. It could have been such a perfect Saturday. Taz Taylor, I think you're here with us now. Taz, I mean, come on, man. The, 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 the my, my, my black flag of the weekend is, is we race two good races on top of each other. I'm used to this from Formula One and IndyCar, uh, but you know the SRX series. I think they, I just you know I don't know who planned the race first. Yeah, I don't know how that all worked out. Um, I was, in a sense, SRX paid off in the sense that they only had to uh, deal with the truck series and not somebody big like the Xfinity and. Uh, and Cup Series, not not saying the Truck Series isn't big, but I mean when it comes down to your more big names, you're going to come down to those two series. But I think SRX for what they were dealing with didn't do a bad job. Uh, from what I could tell, there is a lot of positives, but there is some negatives that I didn't expect to see swinging out of the gate and I hope uh, 
that they improve on some of these negatives as the season rolls along, or if these negatives they can't improve on as the season rolls, rolls along, that they kind of sit down and say, hey, this is where we went wrong, and don't do it again next year. Yeah. Well, it's the second year series. We're prone to make mistakes uh, at our early age ourselves. Uh, um, maybe it was a piston match between uh, Tony Stewart and the truck series. I mean, wasn't the truck series at Odora? <laughs> and now Tony Stewart's willing to race the SRX series on top of the truck series. Uh, I mean, we may be looking at this from the uh, from the wrong side, guys. Knowing Tony Stewart like we know Tony Stewart, I wonder if this is a piston match between him and Jim France. I don't know. It it, it could be, but it may not be. I'm not entirely sure. I just know that <clears throat> there's they. I think for what they were working with, I don't think they did bad, but there's a lot of room for improvement. Maybe well, here's my thing. Maybe maybe scheduling could be one thing, but I mean, sometimes it sometimes it's hard for schedules, and you just have to deal with what, what the outcome got. is. Last year, last year they got lucky with having no other races on, or and even if there was, it was before them, so they literally had their own spotlight. This year they had to share it with the truck series, so it was just a matter of. It was just a matter of scheduling, and sometimes that's how things play out. All right, Craig? Yeah. Here's the thing. They're not going to – whoever set and it's two different networks, so I get it. They're competing for viewers. But it's almost a fine line of do you want to lose viewers because more people are going to tune in, I would think, I mean, I, I haven't even seen the Nielsen numbers yet for SRX or the truck. But it's a new Less than a million people. For the, what's that? Less than a million people uh, on CBS, the major network. It was uh, the worst, I believe, the worst scoring uh, Nielsen rate uh, since the beginning of the SRX series. Okay, yeah, so seven races, it was the lowest. Yes, I did remember seeing that. I'm sorry. I commented on that yesterday, so I apologize. So Hold on, I got go. it. Hold on, I got it. Yeah, because Chris okay, said well, uh, 0.58 rating on CBS and a 951,000 viewer uh, for Saturday night's SRX opener. Uh, last year's opener um, got a 0.8 rating and 1.297 million. So not too many fans lost. You would want to see a, a greater demand in the second year than the third than the first year. But uh, um, being on top of the truck race, and this is not no normal truck race. This is a truck on dirt, so it's a special event. Uh, it really gave it, it gave you some hard choices. I don't ever want another Saturday night like that again. It was horrible. I didn't know where to be. I didn't know what to watch. Uh, so I just tried them both, and uh, that didn't work. It seemed like they were going to commercial at the exact same time. Um, Mr. Parker told me that CBS showed up with 20 trucks down there. They had they they had the parking lot sewed up just in CBS trucks for a two-hour broadcast. And and then here we hear Fox didn't send anybody to Knoxville. So um, I think CBS may have been the one 
uh, with uh, with maybe a stand up uh, against uh, Fox, and maybe maybe who knows? We'll see a CBS push for some broadcasting rights in the NASCAR side. Well, remember, Chris, way back when the Great American Race was on CBS years, oh my and, God. years and years and years ago. Yeah, it was it was like that for years and years and years. Uh, I mean, I, I think. Uh, for my very first Daytona 500, it was on CBS. Uh, so they had it for forever and a day, and it was a sad day when uh, when you seen guys like Chris Economaki and uh, Ned Jarrett and those guys, uh, they were doing a magnificent job, you know, replaced by the new breeds of Larry Mack, Daryl Waltrip, and Mike Joy. Um, you know, that's uh, but we, you know. That's a step back in the broadcasting history. Who knows? You know, I've always said I want to hear Alan Bestwick back in the booth again uh, on the NASCAR side. So maybe CBS is gearing up uh, for a push. I'm just sitting here scratching my head wondering why Fox didn't seem to put much effort into filming the Knoxville race. And if maybe it was from low scores of viewerships last the previous season. Um, that's definitely not a track made for uh, truck racing. There's Eldora did a better job than Knoxville can, but I mean they're out racing in a corn pasture. Uh, that's a different type of soil. It's a different dirt. Um, you know, it's different elements than Ohio. Um, so you know, it was I, black I, dirt. Craig, thought... go ahead. It was black dirt that they were racing on. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. They they had said that. Uh, yeah, that's soil. In the cornfield. Well, the the Knox. I will give credit to Knoxville. I think they learned from last year, being not only with the trucks but also SRX too, that a lot of the racing last year on that track. It was single file throughout the entire freaking race. This year, there was actually multiple grooves. Like, there was actually a second groove for that track. And not everybody, you know, sat on the bottom and hoped to God they didn't hit the freaking berm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, some of the guys made some of the guys made adjustments and. I'll use Stuart Friesen as one of them. They made adjustments to how Stewie would like the truck as if he's running his modified. You don't hear that very often. Right. Um, so final thoughts, I guess, on the SRX series, anything that stands out, I guess we, we need to harp on a little bit that uh, Paleo Castroneves was not even scheduled to race. None of us even had him in our sights to pick him because he wasn't on the original lineup sheet. I believe one of our friends here, he had an issue with that, uh, that we would like to, if maybe Craig would like to, to talk about. Uh, but uh, uh, so Helio shows up, uh, buys his own commercial air flight to Pensacola, uh, gets on the phone, asks if there's a car available. Next thing you know, he starts. He uh I think it was an invert in the heat. Started in the rear, finished in the rear, went to the front, and that was the last he was ever contested for the whole night. And we found out afterwards that uh, he had made a deal, and uh, one of the one of the guys that helps uh, helped start the SRX series said if he if Helio Castroneves could get in victory lane, he would uh, 
call up a ride for Alio to start the Daytona 500. Uh, my gosh, that is such huge news. What are you, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Craig, right, go ahead. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, I know, yeah, I know. I you're going to backfire everything I say. Backfire. So, backfire. I think it's, I'll call it the way I said. I think it's a bunch of bull. Um, these guys have already set. They've already practiced. They've already done everything they need to do. Now they got another guy coming in. Taz, I know what he's going to say. Well, they have 16 cars. I don't care if they have 20 cars for crying out loud. You got a, You got an injury list? Stick to it. Sucks to be you. If you didn't know you were on into racing it, too bad, so sad. Wait till next weekend racing it. You know, uh, that's how I feel. What are your thoughts well, on Elio Castaneda's getting a cup ride uh, for for his win? It not only now it should it should not only grind your gears on the one side, but that should just take you over the right. I mean, he's getting not only. Not only was he disruptive in character by just showing up to the racetrack and expecting a ride, but now this Indy four-time, Indy 500 winning S-on son of a gun, now he high on his horse, gets to go race a NASCAR race at Daytona 500. Craig Moore. No. Are you still there? No. Is your heart still thumping? Hold on. I got John. Okay, I'm there. I thought you had John mute. No, it it, it 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 irritates me. Uh, what I wanted to say, I won't, because I don't want to get my hands slapped. But uh, it irritates me. I think that uh, I think if that's the case, every one of those drivers that aren't Cup drivers, including a local guy, should get a shot. If that's the case, if it's a local guy, give him a shot in a truck. If it's a guy that's not that hasn't already been in Cup, give him a shot in Cup or Xfinity or Truck. You know, sweeten the pot not just for one person but for everybody. That's my thought. Okay, right. well now, now I'm gonna sw- I'm gonna swing the I'm gonna swing this one because last year the local guys got two shots at running in trucks. Who are they? Doug Kobe when he won at Stafford. Uh, his SRX connections got him a truck ride at Bristol for the night race in the fall. Um, Brian Brown, who ran the SRX race before the trucks ran at Knoxville, I do believe, I might be wrong, or before, he was running SRX. Kyle Bush hooked him up. So, again, it's not really the name that we're throwing out here. No, but it is the name we're throwing out. I I put myself on mute, and then I have to unmute, so that way there's no background noise. Um, It is the names we're throwing out there. Do it for everybody. Don't just do it for – just don't do it for local guys. Do it for the guys that don't normally run. Well, but, Um, Craig, look, the 91 car over at Trackhouse was celebrating. One person talk at a time. Go ahead, Chris. I couldn't hear you and Taz. No, Taz, go ahead. But everybody has the opportunity. It's just a matter of 
are you vocal enough or are you ready enough to go to your next route in motorsports? That's what it boils down to. A lot of these guys obviously are, have been there and done that, so they don't really care at this point. Helio Castroneves, he's one of those guys that you can say the same thing about the rest of these veterans, but he opened his mouth saying, hey, I want a chance to run in a NASCAR race. And, right. and, him, and Hawk got, him and Hawk made the freaking deal. I mean, these, okay. local guys that, these local guys that just wanted a shot at racing these superstars last year never expected anything more than just racing with the superstars. And they got more than that. And they didn't even okay, ask but for now it. That they, but now that they know the shit's on the table and they know it's a possibility, go for it. They should or all better know it's a yet, possibility. Jesus Christ. Or better yet. Tony Stewart, Ray Everham, open your mouth. You both have, you both have connections in NASCAR. Hey, he throw it out there. Celebrating a four-time Indy 500 winner, getting the opportunity to come to Cup. But, but as Craig's saying, he didn't have to have a win in the SRX series for this to happen. We're talking about a four-time Indy 500 winner. So literally, if if people knew that Helio Castroneves wanted to start a cup starter, wanted a chance to race the Daytona 500, look, if you bring $5 million to the table, you're going to get a ride for the Daytona 500. Exactly. So I, I, can see, I can see where reward and I don't one think they the should let him run the Daytona 500. You're saying and it's not fair to reward one and not the other. Correct. Not only that, yeah. but I don't think they should put him in the Daytona 500. No, he NASCAR doesn't no bend their rules to let this happen. Because NASCAR said for many years that you cannot make your cup debut or your debut at a super speedway racetrack. So they have gone and bent the rules uh, for, this, uh, for this type of thing to happen. And this really started with the 91, the announcement of the 91 car at Trackhouse Racing. So Can I I'm not fire that one because backfire. the debut of somebody that, somebody's debut is was at Daytona. Wasn't it Jock Villeneuve's team or whatever the heck their name is? They did it Jock at Villeneuve had no. Jock Villeneuve had made a couple of starts in NASCAR already. Yeah, he, he was not making his debut, his NASCAR debut uh, at Talladega. As a matter of fact, he 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 had raced uh, the Montreal race. He's raced uh, several races in the past. Uh, Jacques Villeneuve is actually, uh, at one point in time, was, uh, I believe, at, at uh, Chip Ganassi trying to have a full-time uh, career racing in the Cup Series, so or the Xfinity Series, something like that. But I just know back well, a long time ago when Juan Pablo come over, a whole bunch of them came over, and like Dario Franchitti and um, Jacques Villeneuve and uh, Nelson Piquet Jr., and th- those guys that just, you know, they weren't Juan Pablo Montoya or Robbie Gordon, for that matter. Uh, we're, we're closing up on that. It's, we're one minute after, guys. We've got to stay on target here tonight. Uh, do we have a stat of the day? Stat of the day? Stat of the day? Before we get the checker flag, black flag, and then power ranking. No, All right, apparently my, checker flag, my checker flag is giving, uh, giving the race car drivers a week off. Uh, at least they do get uh, some time to spend at home uh, before they go off into the playoff 
you know, it all comes down to NASCAR, one of these guys with more time off at the end of the year. And so they're sacrificing this week as their only off week to, to be able to end racing in October and not November. So uh, I give the checker flag to that. Black flag goes to NASCAR and, and CBS, uh, SRX being on top of each other, the truck series and SRX series. Come on, guys. There's plenty of time in the day we could have had. We could have we could have even started the uh, the, the the truck race afterward, uh, being that they were in the western end of the world. But uh, Cass Taylor, what's your check flag? Black flag. Black flag's gonna be the collision of what you said, Chris. The two broadcasts. Uh, one of them could have started a bit earlier. Obviously, SRX and CBS had their deal of 8- to 10-hour window. So the trucks could have been flexible. I personally think they could have. But um, in terms of checker flag, um, I'm going to give it to Alan Bestwick and uh, Alan Bestwick and Connor Daly. They actually didn't do uh, half bad. Um I'm going to get, throw another oh, black flag to CBS because they, screw, they screwed Matt Yoakum and silenced him twice. <laughs> Poor Matt. It's not the first time Matt Yoakum got screwed, I promise. Fox did that to him. Uh, so, uh, right. Craig, what's your uh, checker flag? Black flag. My checkered flag. My checkered flag is CBS's coverage of the uh, the SRX race, or as I call it, the Senior Racing Experience. Um, I thought those drones were phenomenal. I just, I'm like, wow, Fox could learn something. I just thought they were the 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 camera views on that were great. So kudos to them. They um, they did the drones last year too. I well I didn't I didn't watch it last year. So kudos to them for for the drones. The black flag, I, I have to agree and say the scheduling of uh, the on top of one another. I agree they probably could have started the SRX race, uh, or they could have started the truck race about an hour later. No, they were on. They were in the mountain time zone, so they were two hours. So it was six o'clock. So they could have started it at six. They could have started it at eight o'clock their time. Um, so that way they wouldn't overlap. That way they could get the best of both worlds. So, you know that that's my checkered flag, black flag. I'm, I'm I, I just hope they don't do it again. I mean, the, the heat down in Florida, obviously, as you know, Chris, being in the south. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it was horrendous. So if they would have started that any later or any earlier, it wouldn't have been yeah, advantageous. I, I don't know how hot it's been down there, Craig, but we have been in, we have been suffering in triple digits for a week now, and we've still got a whole another week to go before we get any relief. Uh, we just fell into a drought all of a sudden. We passed the 22nd Avenue uh, bank clock, and it said 107 degrees outside. I got a picture of it saying 106 in my car. Um, yeah, it, it's it's unreal, the heat wave that we've had this year already. So, uh, no doubt, it's hard to even think uh, it gets so hot down here. But uh, So, it's power rankings time, guys. Power rankings. I'm going to start with the 10 spot, and I guess you guys can argue whether or not you believe uh, 
this person belongs there, whether this team needs to be in a different spot. But uh, in that 10th spot, you know, without a doubt, I believe that at the beginning of the year, the uh, penalty with Brad Keselowski was going to be detrimental, but I didn't know how detrimental it would be. Um, I'm not sure if RFK, uh, where they were on our previous uh, ranking, I guess I do need to put that up uh, there if somebody can get a hold of it real quick and post it. But uh, I've got Roush Fenway, uh, I mean, Keselowski at number 10. Uh, I do factor the, that um, – I believe the Wood Brothers was at number 10 the last time that we did this one. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, Chris Busher coming off a second-place finish at Sonoma. That was no fluke. He he wasn't uh, doing another pit strategy or anything like that. That was just – that was he was where he was, and that car uh, finished at a really good uh, at a really good position. I don't believe that's just going to be the cure-all, though, for what's going on over at RFK Racing. Um I would hate to say that they seem to have taken a step back from previous years, but I, don't, I just don't see any headway. I've got them at number 10. That seems I agree like with reasonable. you. That seems reasonable for them. I agree. I, that's where I have them is number 10. All right. All right. Uh, number, number nine, Chris. Yeah, number nine. Uh, on our previous list, did anybody find that real quick? Let me get the let me get the previous list that we have. Um, you have front row at number nine, which yeah, I, the previous list. Is could, the one. All things all things considering, I would say so. I, I would say that's a reasonable spot. Uh, I'm trying to see what other teams there are in this matter. Uh, boy. Yeah, I would have to because Wood Brothers has done basically nothing. So I feel like I feel like at number nine front. Yeah, there's, there's colleague, colleague racing. There's Spire racing. Those guys uh, yeah. in, in the back of the pack there. Colleague, uh, colleague would be knocking on the door for ten actually. Right. Well, RFK could be there. Yeah. Yeah, RFK fell two spots. Uh, top ten teams. Oh wow, is that is that Craig? <laughs> oh yeah, wow. Um, number one's quite a surprise. Uh, so uh, RFK has fell two spots. Front row being at the nine spot. If you look at at what uh, uh, Michael McDowell, the year that he's put off this year, look, we all said it, it was a fluke last year with him getting into the chase by winning the Daytona 500. This year, he's got six top tens already. Uh, that team has been well improved. I think the last few years and maybe making the chase has, uh, you know, maybe helped them better their cars a little bit. Um, uh, Michael had strong runs uh, throughout the year. He even led, like, what, 20-something laps, 30-something laps at St. Louis at the Gateway Racetrack. I left us all scratching our heads, like, what's really going on here? Um, but... Uh, you know, I feel like with that effort and Todd Gillian and what he's been able to accomplish, uh, I feel like Front Row, who was not even uh, not even on our radar uh, the last time we did this uh, did this Front Power Rankings, I've got them at number nine. Craig, what do you think about Front Row being at number nine?
Turn you. Can we turn, lose turn him? Greg. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I had it <laughs> muted. Uh, yeah, I don't think they've. I don't but think they've done up. enough to move further up. Hopefully, they will. Um, you know, time will tell. Uh, Taz, what about you? I'm okay with front row at number nine. Number nine. Uh, being that uh, McDowell's shown some has shown some light recently. Uh, Todd Gilliland could easily easily be argued to start showing something. I know front row is only limited on equipment wise, but. I think that I think nine would be a reasonable and probably the very top they would go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and to see Michael McDowell in Victory Lane, uh, somewhere besides a road course or a or a super speedway race, I, I think we all uh, would find that hard to believe. But uh, it has happened. Chris Busher got his first career win at Pocono on a rain shortened event. So anything can happen. Just ask Justin Haley. Uh, number eight, Petty GMS. Uh, I believe Petty GMS up from number nine last time we did this vote. Uh, you know, Eric Jones knocking on the door every week. You see, uh, you see focus factor. You see the 43 cars. One car that I don't see is the other teammate of his, Ty Dillon, in the 42. I'm always looking for the 42. I never see it. So. Uh, I think that's what's hurting Petty GMS the most is uh, one car really outperforms the other car. We consistently see in uh, Eric Jones, and I know it's because of the talent, right? There's no doubt that it's because of the talent that we keep seeing that car in the positions that we're seeing it in. Um, definitely doing a lot more than what uh, the former driver of the 43 car was uh, could or had done behind the wheel. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to go up from their spot. They could definitely fall back a few uh, if we see uh, if we see Eric Jones getting lackluster throughout the second half of the season, but Petty GMS at number eight. That's where the rest of us got him. But yeah, I could see. But I see what you're saying. But I'm also thinking that maybe GMS is given a little bit of uh, not taking anything away from Jones, obviously. But I think GMS might be putting more belief in him versus Ty Dillon. And um, I can understand why, but I mean, you have two cars for a reason, and besides talent, where else is the money going for the one car versus the other? I don't know if it could be lack of sponsorship between the drivers, too, if that could be the case. Depends on how much sponsorship money gets dumped in. Right. But it's it's just odd that Ty Dillon's hanging the team back when Eric Jones is putting that car in places that 43 has, hasn't seen in years. All right. Well, I guess that'll take us to the seventh spot. And this is a team that has not gone up and has not gone down. Uh, I believe that they've improved, but just not enough, right? So the number seven, the 23-11 team, Bubba Wallace crashing burns every week, but Kurt Busch somehow pulls out a top five. Well, and that's kind of why, Chris, I got him one higher than you guys, or with you, is because if it wasn't for Kurt Busch, they'd be out of the top ten in my list okay. completely. 
So wow, I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know how much more money Michael Jordan wants to throw away. But I've got some. I've got some <laughs> shit he can pay if he wants to keep throwing money down down a bottomless pit like Bubba Wallace. <laughs> I mean, oh, set him free. Set him free. Sooner or later. Sooner or later, Michael Jackson or Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan's own words are going to come back to bite him in the keister. The beginning of the year last year, he said, "We only write checks to winners." Ooh. Remember that in the interview? Yep. Well, you know what? Bubba's only won one race. Rain Shorten. So. Exactly, but it was a win. It doesn't matter if it was Rain Jordan or not. It doesn't matter. It's still a checkered flag. It's still a W in the column. My point being, how long is Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin going to write checks for someone who destroys just as many cars as Danica and, and Haley Deegan destroys trucks? Wow. Sooner or later... Sooner or later, the checks have to stop being written. But now Bubba's got because, a whole lot of sponsorship, though. But you know what? They're not going to leave. They're not going to leave MJ if Bubba leaves. They're not all Black Lives Matter uh, sponsorships. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. This could get fun. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It's it's a bunch of crap that it's because while Bubba's Bubba's leading the Black Lives Matter movement, that's why he's got all the sponsors. No, they believe they believed the smoke show that was being sold that was Bubba had talent. I'm sure Bubba's got talent, but it isn't driving a next gen car. It might be in the truck series. It might be in the Xfinity series. Right. Put him where the damages are going to be lessened. Right. Maybe he needs to go back to the minor league to retool his to retool his abilities, and then maybe they can jump up further on the list. Instead of when we visit this again, will they be back? They're at number seven on your list. Maybe yeah, you've got time children. If they don't. Explain yeah. that before we go to Taz. Explain children. Because if I'm not mistaken, every week we're waiting on Tyler Reddick to get a win. Austin Dillon has had a couple of top five finishes. Uh, did a dive bomb for a win early this year. How How is Childress uh, in a worse position than 2311? Because 2311's got to win. Dillon's got to win. But they're not as con- they're not super consistent. I want to see Childress up where they used to be, where they were the they were one of the top four powerhouse teams. Now they're kind of, you know, they're riding that wave. So I'm hoping that they do big things in Nashville this coming weekend, and when and over the next three weeks, and we we visit this again. In July or the beginning of August, we've got them in. We've all got them in the top five. But right, I'm interested Taz, to hear what Taz has to say. Some of this here. 
as uh, you, you're, you, you kind of agree where Childress is. My only reason I have Childress at seven versus 23-11 is because of Kurt Busch's win. If Kurt Busch's win wasn't there, it would be the other way around. And why? Because I think Kurt Busch and Tyler Reddick have been those two drivers for their two-car teams that are up front and competing, well, Kurt, more so of Reddick than Kurt Busch. However, Austin Dillon has had bright spotlights, but I haven't seen a whole lot of him. And versus Bubba Wallace, he's on the same plate. Well, and, you know, here we are at number number six. And I believe uh, there's quite a discrepancy. Uh, who is number six? Um, because I, I've got I've got Childress in a totally different spot. I think most of you guys kind of had a switch swap between Childress and uh, in, in twenty three eleven, but I stuck Stuart Haas in the number six spot. So I, I feel you know that team has uh, a win under the organization. Eric Amarola is having an awesome points year. A lot of top 10 finishes. Um, Chase Briscoe. Who else over there? <laughs> you, got, you got Custer, Briscoe, Amarola, and Harvick. points here. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, you look at you look at the finishes and you can't – I mean, I, I, I felt like Stuart Haas would be number six. <laughs> it, it's not a – I mean, I have them one spot higher, only because of the two teams I have them I have uh, underneath them. But I have them at five, so pretty much we're basically spot on. Is because of the because of Eric Almirola flying under the radar. We're we're not even talking about we don't talk about him ninety five percent of the time, but he's flying under the radar, being that he's eleventh in points. And if playoffs third today, he makes the cutoff. Kevin Harvick, he's on and off, depends on where he is or what track it is. Uh, Chase Briscoe, obviously his win uh, accounts for it. So, And he's starting to come uh, into his own. And the only sleeper really is Cole Rip. Custer. Yep. Yeah, and and... and... At what point in time is it time to custer the custer? Uh, you know, um, I'm just not sure that they, that, that that I'm not sure that that experiment is working. And at what point in time uh, do you pull the plug? Obviously, he went down to Xfinity Series and had no problem winning. Um, but as for and he got him a Cup win, but uh, we just have not seen uh, the type of talent out of Cole Custer that that we were told that he had. Um, I guess at number five, I've got Childress. The reason why I put Childress at number five is is because uh, you look at what Petty GMS is doing. You look at Colleague Racing. Uh, these guys are all running cars that they're built by RCR and they're in their engine department. So, um, you know, Trackhouse is a little bit different. I think they they get their engines from Hendrick. So. Um, I feel like Childress, on the whole, has a strong organization going on, and 
Uh, I had slid them into the number five spot. It's hard to kind of argue between Stuart Haas. All these guys at the end are so very close. Uh, that number I've seen uh, in the number four spot, I've seen Penske. Uh, in the four spot, I've seen uh, uh, Taz, you have Gibbs. So, um, I for those two teams, uh, I kind of went on the more consistent route. Uh, like Logano with his two wins. Uh, Sindrick obviously has his Daytona 500. Blaney's been knocking on the door, just needs to put the final touches on to get across the line first. Uh, Toyota, we've seen some of the struggles they've had, so that kind of played into effect for me. And obviously, Sonoma was a huge factor uh, because they weren't even no joke cars inside the top 15 at the end. I think the Gibbs definitely has room for improvement. I did not have them as far down as four, I believe. I had them uh, in the three spot. Craig, you have uh, Gibbs in the second spot. So, Craig, can can you explain uh, why you feel so strongly about Gibbs being in the second spot? Ranked above Hendrick Motorsports, might I add. Yeah, well, I want to know what the hell my Hendrick Motorsports has done lately. Um, <laughs> good one. Gibbs has got wins. Gibbs has got wins. It's plain and simple. Hendrick has got wins too, but Bush is winning, and he's in in his his path is unknown, but yet he's still winning. So some Denny, people ball. Kenny is winning. Say right. that again. Some people ball in contract year. Some people wash up and some people ball. I believe Kyle Busch is on a ball right now because of the contract situation. He's got a lot to prove. Right. So, he's, you know, and another interesting and, and another interesting point, and we'll get to it when we get to our number one, because I know you guys are all surprised at my number one, but that's why I have Gibbs so high up. He has got stuff. Bush has got stuff to prove. Denny's got stuff to prove. Um, you know, plus he's got to fund all these cars that Bubba keeps wrecking. So, you know, that's where yeah, I, I got them. Where they're, they're I really do. I think we're sleeping on Penske. Penske could have just as well been in the two spot as anybody. Um, I believe in my three spot, uh, I've got Gibbs. Uh, Craig, you have... Hendrick Motorsports in the three spot. And you you just basically said, what have you done for me lately, Hendrick Motorsports? Taz has Penske in the three spot. So, I mean, here's Penske. We've talked about him. Now, this is where it gets funny uh, because I believe a couple of us agree that Hendrick Motorsports is still number one. They, they, they're, on, they're on the top of their game. Uh, but here comes Craig Moore. Track house, number one. What? Explain to me yeah. how track house is at the number one spot. Listen, I would be listen, track, I can agree. To put them in second. Track house was the team that shouldn't. I don't care how much money you got behind you. Money only gets you so far. Talent 
get you the rest of the way. That's why we here at Race Chat Live are the longest-running episodic podcast on the 110 Nation because we have talent. And, of course, Jason was off the air for most of the year last year, but we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we have consistent – We they have done things that they shouldn't do already. Right. I mean, me amigo, he should have won years ago, but Gibbs screwed him over. And then he goes to, and then he goes to um, Stuart Haas, and he doesn't get Stewart. a fair shake there. Yeah. Then he comes up here. He's racing for track house. He races a full season as a single card. Our, our, our local boy down here, Ross Chastain, oh, yeah. new kid on track house racing picks up two checkered flags this year at a road course in a super speedway may i add in the same car that won at the last road course won at this road course with with me amigo is the same car so i feel i feel like track houses wins are overrated you want to give them you want to give them uh uh the goat greatest of all time already well not the goat but Pretty close. <laughs> I just think I just think for what they're doing, it is amazing for what they what they're working. Uh, because nobody anticipated that these guys should be where they are. I go ahead, Tad. Well, I, I, I did Tad. see amongst amongst Hendrick. I did see amongst Hendrick. Hendrick. Uh, Hendrick, Krakowski, and Penske, if you, we all made legit arguments as to why they should be where they sit, then I can understand it. Trackhouse, you made an argument, but I don't think it's convincing enough to be number one argument. If well, it doesn't have to said, be convincing to you. It has to be convincing to me. I, <laughs> why Florida, Florida, I just think it's a Florida-Florida connection, but hey, anyway... Um, the only I have Hendrick over Trackhouse, and it's not because of money, but it's because if Trackhouse, I would put Trackhouse over Hendrick if Hendrick was struggling a bit, in a sense, and Trackhouse was just destroying them week in week out. And by Trackhouse beating them week in week out, I mean both of them beating them week in week out. But unfor- but unfortunately, and this is nothing against any any one driver, it's just not there. It's great that they have three. How wins. are you going to beat? How are two cars going to consistently beat a four car team? Very good observation. There's more information. There's more. There's more shit to share amongst four four teams than there are to share with two teams. Well, they are creating a third team. They are creating a third team that will be uh, for the talents of the world to come race in. And that would be interesting to see. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen is already announced to be uh, behind the wheel of the 91 machine at Watkins Glen. And I believe this aired last week. But uh, So we are at our conclusion of power rankings. Anybody want to add anything before we go to our guest segment?
right. We have a special guest on this uh, this Tuesday night, a uh, gentleman out of the New York racing area. Uh, just uh, found himself in Victory Lane uh, this past weekend. Let's bring him on board, uh, Kyle Dingman. Welcome to the studio. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing all right. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing all right. You sound a little tired, young man. The baby got you up late? No, I'm just a little under the weather right now. Well, it is allergy season up there, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> so, uh, I know, because I came back from there two weeks ago, and it was all I could do to lift my head off the pillow. As a matter of fact, I missed that week's show because I was, I was so sick. Um, oh yeah, I I'm just now starting to feel better since Sunday, so hopefully I get better. Well, I, I'm sure picking up your third victory at the at the track of champions is a little bit better. Uh, oh yeah, it makes you feel a little bit better. Tell us how you got yeah. your start in racing, and then I'll let the guys take over. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. So, 10 years ago, I started racing go-karts out at Kuroga Creek. Um, actually, my first year, we ended up picking up, like, 12 wins, and we won the track championship, and I won Rookie of the Year in one year. Um, and then we slowly just moved up from class to class through kartings, and, you know, we picked up our wins, and we ended up picking up two more track championships at Kuroga throughout our career. So, I ended up finishing in my karting career with 36 career wins and three track championships was so that was pretty cool to be able to do and I ended up running the WCRS for a few years which is the wind champ racing series um that is run by Tom Barron and um we had a couple decent runs in that um never really had a lot of accomplishment out of it but it was a lot of learning and we uh found some success there but um, nothing too crazy. And then from then on, just a couple of years ago, 2020, the COVID year, um, we ended up buying our first sportsman and we moved up into the big car world. Wow. Uh, so uh, you spent most of your career already in the go-karts. Uh, quite an impressive resume, may I ask. Um, now you're, you've moved up and you found success, quick success. Uh, I guess you can say that uh, a lot of that goes to your karting experience, right? Uh, being able to have car control. Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, when we first got the big car in 2020, it was kind of definitely a weird year with the COVID and stuff. I, we only ended up running six races. and You know, we started last every time just to get some seat time because – going from a cart with a motor next to you and no suspension, all that, no power steering is a huge, huge difference. So, you know, and then going from, you know, 19 horsepower, max 18 horsepower with an animal motor to, you know, way more horse with a 602 crate is, uh, you know, a pretty drastic change. Um, you know, 300 horsepower, sure. right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, crazily, 
out of that, we ended up finishing third in points in 2020 out of just a short six-race season, and that was just pretty much from being consistent. And, you know, we started last every week pretty much. And then moving into last year, we ended up getting another car, a newer car, and we built that from the ground up. And from there on, you know, we had some issues and stuff early on in the season. We blew up two motors, and we had a loaned motor for a bit, and then we ended up getting our new motor. So last year was kind of pretty crazy early on. And we still won two races, which was pretty cool. And we ended up finishing third in points last year. Um, but then coming into this year, we were kind of on the bubble of, you know, do we want to move up? Do we want to stay down? And we just felt as a team right now, you know, we, um, we still had a lot to learn and I had a lot to learn still as a driver myself. So we decided to stay down and, you know, we made a list of a few goals, you know, that we would like to try and accomplish. And so far we've said we've done one and, um, that was to go back to back, um, to go back to back and get back to back wins. And, you know, that was pretty cool to do, um, tough to do, but it was definitely pretty fun to do. So with you running limited sportsman this year, um, that this is your last year, regardless, if I remember the rule book, right? Um, no, see the rule book says that, um, only the only way you have to move up is if you win a championship, I believe. Okay, so there's no year restriction at like most ninety percent of the tracks do for this class. Yeah, no, there. I mean, I I'm not sure if there's like a promoter like where like you know if I'm I'm honestly not really sure. I I know like in the founder rule book, I'm pretty sure it says that um like you couldn't have like competed in like the sportsman class like so many years ago or something, or you couldn't have like competed in modified yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, because. I remember stuff like I that. I always um, remember, yeah, I always remember with the limited class, you had I think it was like three years, or you win the championship yeah. in the limited and move up, or if you have such and such experience, you couldn't even run race in it. But yeah, um, so, I'm not really sure how a lot of them do it now. I know, I know, back like a couple of years ago, like before I even started, they did a three win rule and you had to move up and stuff, but. Now I'm pretty sure that they just are, you know, trying to let guys get more seat time and experience before just, you know, throwing yourself up in there because, you know, I've ran with them a few times and I just, you know, it's a whole different, it's definitely a different ball game running with those guys. So with, so the right now as we speak, and and I'm sure you you haven't really fully planned this out, if you win the championship, obviously you got to move up. But if you don't, what? where's the direction taking you? Are you still staying with the limited to get seat time, or are we considering maybe a move up? Um, this this is definitely our last year in the limited class. We, we've said, we, at the beginning of the year when we decided to stay down, we said, okay, let's make a few goals. We'll try and set out and accomplish our goals. And, you know, whatever happens, happens, and, you know, we'll hold our heads high and we'll move up next year. And, um, you know, one of our biggest things of staying down, too, is, is you know, we'd like to get the coils and stuff, and um, but we're still on bars right now, and um, 
you know, I know coils are definitely going to help and be a game changer moving up and stuff. So there's definitely um, equipment upgrades and stuff that still need to be done and whatnot to be prepared to run with them, I believe. So so we're going from the limited sportsman to the full sportsman, or is this the big block modified? No, just just from limited to the regular sportsman class, but to the regular sportsman. a lot of these are you, guys are on coils and stuff, and right, right now I'm still on bars and whatnot, and right. I do know that it would definitely help to get on coils and whatnot, and, you know, like when we do get the coils, it's going to be a whole different ball game, a lot more to learn, you know, now you're introducing a spring smasher, if you can, you know, get one, or have, you know, the availability to get one and whatnot, so. But the motor stays the same? Yeah, everything else is the same, yes. Okay. And that's a 602 brake motor? Yeah, everything's the same. 602 crate motor, you know, every carb's all the same, everything. We're, We're pretty much, we have the identical, same exact car, it's just, there's a limited, and then you have, like, your regulars. So, like, mo- the, pretty much what the class is for is, they have some seat time that aren't ready to get to that next level yet and want more seat time to learn and whatnot. Right. It's kind of like a junior class. Sort of. So, yeah. I'm going to take you back to last year. You ran the Firecracker 50 for the sportsman class, and you said in the redraw interview that you kind of you guys went in open-minded and just kind of see how you guys went out. What was the reaction like? Um, no, when you came off the track for the heat race, and you literally got into a redraw spot and were running with these guys. For for quite a while, it was definitely an awesome feeling, and you know, it it definitely gave me some confidence to you know, okay, you know, I can, I can run with these guys, but you know, as you can see, you know, the experience was, you know, as the later the race went on and stuff, you know, the car, you know, went away, you know, I started making driver errors, and you know, we were inside the top ten, and we ended up finishing, I think, like seventeenth, so. You know, which was, you know, just to even make the show and just to even make the redraw or even win a heat race, you know, it was awesome to go in there and do as a limited driver. So, you know, it was definitely an awesome feeling. And, you know, it was something, you know, we we looked at and we're like, okay, this is pretty cool. But, you know, we also knew that, you know, right now wasn't the time to really, you know, say, okay, you know, we can run with these guys or we could beat these guys, you know type of thing was that the kind of motive was that kind of the motivation reason as to why um this year the last year for limited because you know you got uh the stuff to run with them and can uh maybe possibly beat the best of the best out the there best. for at least the 518 um i'm not gonna say i could beat or be the best in the 518, not even close, because there's definitely a lot of talented, talented drivers out here. But, um, you know, I definitely feel like 
you know, as time comes and, you know, seat time comes and, you know, I start to learn more, you know, like I said, you know, going to coils is going to be a whole different ball game. So, you you know, that's a whole different learning thing. You know, the cars set up different, you know, adjustments are different and whatnot and stuff like that. So, you know, um, right now we're just focused on, you know, our goals that we have set for this year. And, you know, we, uh, we're kind of not really trying to look, towards the future right now you know um but you know when that time comes I feel like we'll be okay you know I mean we're not definitely gonna come out and you know do crazy things I don't think but I think over time you know being able to be out there with them and run with them you know and pick up on some of their habits and stuff I believe over time you know we could you know I feel like we could definitely be around a top 10 car for sure. Now, Kyle, how many races has Spot have you run so far this year? Um, how many races has there been total in your class? I believe there's been eight. I believe there's been right. eight races. And I, yeah, I believe there's been eight because I've won three. And then I was just going to say that you're just under fifty percent. You're just and, and Dufel's one too. Yeah, I was just going to say Dufel's got two, and then I believe there's three, four other drivers who have one apiece. So uh, um, what I'm taking from what you're saying as far as moving up and doing things slow. We've had people on here who, after their first year, decide they're going to jump the sportsman, and they're having a tough go of it. Um, yeah, and I think I know – you might know who I'm talking about. I don't want to say no names. Um, um, but, you know, it, it seems like you guys – and I'm, I'm sure your stepdad is still your crew chief and your car chief and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah, he helps me out a lot. You know, he does what he can. and You know, he gives me a lot of pointers and stuff. But most of the time he kind of, you know, just gives me a couple tips here and there. And, you know, he tries to make me do a lot of it on my own. So that way, you know, I'm physically doing it and learning it on my own. And, and that's just the way I kind of like it because, you know, being able to do it yourself and know what you're doing and stuff will definitely help you in the long run instead of, you know, having someone else do it for you. Absolutely. Now, do you – you're going to wait, obviously, if you win the track championship, you said you, you obviously have to move up. Um, yes. But you're you're possibly looking at another year in limited just to get some more seat time or – No, after on. this year, we're, we, de- we definitely plan to move up after this year. Um, okay. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't quite sure uh, where that was. I was in a transition state from moving from one area to the to the next in the house. You're but good. No, like, like I what said, are what are some should... of your goals? Obviously, for uh, then I'll throw it back to either Taz or Chris. I think Chris has one. Um, obviously, you're in a good shot to win the championship. You guys will be getting ready to take a break. Well, no, the season will end in what like three four weeks. Somewhere late um, July, early August? Um, it ends August 13th, I think. So we still have 
I want to say seven races somewhere around there left still yet. I just want to. I just want to give you a shout out uh, from Miss Lee, who is our uh, marketing guru or whatever we call her, our promotions guru. Uh, she said she feels bad for you, but you're making a valiant effort, and hopes you feel better real soon. And he will, Miss Lee, as soon as the pollen goes away. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So uh, I I want to slide right in. Um, you know you're. You, you talk of the stiff competition that's ahead of you in the sportsman division, but you're giving a lot of respect uh, to those guys with a resume like yours and already coming in through the limited class. And, uh, you know, I know it didn't take you long, obviously, to, to get some wins there. It, is that kind of low expectations to be in the top ten, or, or are you just trying to fall under radar for the next couple of years? Uh, explain to me. The competition different, the level of competition from limited to sportsman? Um, see, the difference is, you know, like moving up, you got, you know, a lot of guys who, you know, can win on any given night. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, have a lot of experience at Fonda itself. Um, you know, you look at someone like Chad, who's a three-time track champion there already, um, you know, he definitely knows his way around there. Um, Peyton Talbot, he's definitely an up-and-coming wheelman. You know, he can definitely get it done. You know, there's there's always just a handful. Of, you know, there's I always say, you know, there's probably a handful of cars that can win on any given night, honestly. And I know just moving up, you know, I kind of just want to stay level-headed. I don't want to, you know, have too high of an expectation. But I also don't want to have, like, too low of an expectation to where we're not, you know, trying to get somewhere either, you know. How hard is it to stay humble, young man? Um, It's it's hard, but, you know, it's something you learn over time. And, you know, I've, I've always truly believed that, you know, you always stay humble and, you know, good things will come to you. And, you know, I've always never been the person to, you know, oh, you know, I've won this many races or – you know, I've done this or I've done that. I've always liked to just go race by race. You know, you know make that makes sure your I'm learning. And... Feel a lot better, right? Your future competitors are they're 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 uh, uh, wiping their their eyebrow from the sweat building up because that's exactly what you want to hear as an upper statesman. You want to hear uh, a young man like you saying that, "Hey, I'm willing to go through the process. I'm willing to learn before I speak." Uh, that says a lot about your character. Thank you. Now, is there is there any uh, tracks you may be running at this year besides just Fonda, or is Fonda just it? Um, well, at the beginning of the year, we talked about floating around from Fonda, Utica, Malta, but we also set our own goals for Fonda. And then, you know, after the first week, we were like, okay, you know, we got a really good car. Um, and then we ended up having a few bad weeks where we ended up, you know, wrecking a little bit of stuff and whatnot. And at that point, we were like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're in, a, in a championship fight right now with, you know, someone who I think is doing really well in his own. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, let's just focus on Fonda for now. And, you know, whatever happens out of that happens. And, 
you know, towards the end of the year, like once Fonda's over and we go on that break for the fair and stuff, we plan to hit uh, Malta at least once. We'd like to hit Utica once probably. And then once Fonda comes back from the fair, we plan on moving up and running and trying to qualify for Fonda 200 weekend. I was just going to ask uh, if for any special races this year, is there going to be an attempt made by you, or are we just going to stick to the points, and once points are done, you just go out and have fun? Um, right now we're pretty much sticking to, you know, points racing, but, you know, trying to have fun with it at the same time. Um, definitely at the end of the year we would like to, you know, try and qualify for the Fonda 200. Um, we've tried to qualify for the past two years, and, haven't got it done yet, so we would definitely like to try and at least make the show for the 200 weekend. Kyle, what is the qualification to make that 200 race? Um, we don't not we it, the sportsman race is a part of like the 200 weekend. So like the mods have their 200, and then the sportsmen's are just like an under show. We they run I believe like 30 laps, and but last year, I believe there was, like, over 50-something cars, and um, there was a, quite a few people who didn't make the show. And it, it's just fun because, you know, it makes you really have to, you know, drive hard. And, you know, you, you at the end of the night, you want to make the show. And, you know, it kind of sucks going home and not making the show. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, we've got about nine minutes left. Um who is your car owner? I own it myself. You own it yourself? Oh, yeah. You didn't? That That is impressive. I, I wasn't 100% sure. Um, I could have swore, was it last year or the year before you you did have somebody? I could be mistaken. Uh, I thought you had a car owner at one time. And then you um, went out no, on your own. Last year, I uh, I did run a few races at, up to Glenridge for a car owner. Um, I ran a few limited races up there um, just to get more seat time and stuff. And, you know, that was a cool opportunity. I was thankful for that, to, you know, be able to get some more seat time at a different track and, you know, see how much different it is compared to Fonda to, you know, a track like Glenridge, which is a quarter mile. Right. Um, so, Chris, you got anything else? Oh, yeah, man. You got seat time. What about shop time? Let's hear about it. I know you got something there, especially if you're the car owner. Oh, yeah, shop time. Shop time is, you know, it's it's long. Um, you know, all the decisions and stuff are pretty much made by me, you know, um, you know, if something's broken stuff, you know, I have to figure out, you know, okay, I got to get this, this, and this. And, you know, I'm thankful that I have, you know, some really good sponsors behind me and some good people that do help me out when I do need stuff and whatnot. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely helps out, um, you know, but there is times where, you know, it, it gets a little tough, um, you know, having to, you know, not only drive, but, you know, I do my own tires. Um, I scale my own car. Um, you know, I, I pretty much do a, a lot of it, um, you know, but I do have, you know, my crew that does come, you know, they help out a lot. My uncle B has Brent, Brandon, James, my dad. So, 
but when it comes to like you know the a lot of more of the technical stuff when it comes to scaling and stuff you know that's pretty much all me um tires are pretty much all me and then you know they help out with everything else and you know they they get me going and on race days you know they pretty much have everything set and stuff so you know i can just relax and focus on racing and you know they make sure you know everything's all good and they give me a, you know a time and to you know just get my head right and focus on the race sound like a young alan kawicki Taz taylor now, how how involved do you get uh, your son in with this stuff? Obviously, obviously he's a little old thing, but how involved do you uh, get him into this? Um, I try to you know involve him as much as I can right now. You know, he's obviously still quite young yet, but um, you know, I always watch the replays with him every time after Saturdays on Sundays. I always watch the replays with him. Um, you know, it's just awesome feeling, you know, um, to be able to just share those moments and stuff with your kid and stuff. And, um, you know, I can't wait to see him hopefully race one day. And, you know, hopefully he wants to do this stuff. And, um, you know, maybe one day I'll have to hang the helmet up for him to do it. All right. So we've got a couple minutes left. We've got to run through your sponsors, people you want to thank. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with our thank yous and and all that stuff. But who who on who do you have on your car that uh, give us a list of all your sponsors? Um, I gotta thank uh, Sickler Construction, Early Birds Diner, Lean on Us, Dixie Saloon, E and J General Contracting, Upstate RC and Hobbies, uh, Foxtrot RC Parts, James Wells, Schlegels. Slater's Plumbing, Affordable Sheet Metal, Kroger Creek Raceway, the Wing Champ Racing Series, Alley Shortworks, um, Fastline Performance. Um, Mikey Walton does an amazing job with those shocks. Uh, my mom, my dad, Mark, my grandparents, and that's pretty much everyone who helps me out. My crew, they do a lot for me. Um, and I'm just thankful for everyone that's on board with us and Definitely hey, for everyone. Listen, I can speak from experience. Uh, you need to go to Early Bird Diner. It's right on 29. <laughs> you need to go there to eat. You tell them that the meal is on him, and I'm sure they'll give it. Oh, my goodness. Look, I've got If a, you I'm come there, you may here. even see me cooking. <laughs> oh, no. What's that? I, I said, if you come there, you may even see me cooking. Well, you know, hey, you gotta... well, if, I, if I end up there, you better be good food there, Kyle. <laughs> no, we so listen, listen, we are coming in sometime in July. Um, I'll shoot you the date, Kyle, when I know, and we'll try to get together that Saturday morning. Okay, that sounds good. Check it out. I got one last question. One last question, uh, Kyle. What number are you, and why? I am number one for, well, 1D. Um, I've always just particularly liked the number one. Um, I've All my other sports that I played previously, football, basketball, stuff like that, I always pick number one. Um, 
I guess you can say I've always just kind of been hungry to be a winner. Um, you know, like Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last, pretty much. Um, so, you know, I, I pretty much stuck with the number one, and, you know, I like the number, and then I added the D in for my last name. And, you know, it's always stuck since, you know, I was 11 years old in a cart, and I pretty much went with it. One D in the house. All right, Taz, you got anything to, before we let him go? Taz going once, going twice. All right. Al? All right, uh, well. Coming on the show here. Thank you, guys. Awesome to, to talk to you, and uh, good luck on your career ahead of you. Uh, what do you – what's the expectations if you're successful in sports, and where do you go from there? Um – Honestly, I haven't really thought that far, um, you know, kind of just, you know, taking it week by week right now and, you know, not really trying to look towards the future, you know, um, you know, anything can happen and, and uh, you know, we kind of just not looking towards the future right now. A young man with a lot of wisdom, a lot of talent as well. Mr. Kyle Dingman, thank you for being on the show here. Thank you, guys. All right. Great interview, guys. Right on the schedule. My goodness gracious. Taz, what happened? Yeah, we might have lost you. I think we may have. Right? The baby may Where we need you. might uh, be on baby Taz, Taz. Taz Taylor, where you, you might be. He might be on baby duty, Chris. So, yeah, that was a that was a heck of an interview. Kyle has always been a sharp young man. I've known him since twenty. Oh God, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, and he's always been uh, very, very. Uh, humble. You know, even when he was racing go-karts, he, he, and he was a sponge. From everything I always seen, he was a sponge. So, and that's, and that's bled off into his, his big car career. Let me put my seatbelt on. Well, we've got a fan question yeah. that we need to ask here to, to answer it, so we'll have to wait on the fan question. Of course, Got a triple header headed this weekend. We're back to Nashville Super Speedway is what they call it. I'm not sure that, that we should be putting Super Speedway in the name of a mile and a half racetrack, especially a concrete racetrack, but so be it. If that's the qualifications of it, then uh, uh, it's just kind of hard to call Talladega Super Speedway and then uh, go to a mile and a half track such as uh, Nashville and call it by the same name. Uh, but we've got all three series racing there this weekend. Uh Expectations were low last year. Turned out to be a great race. Um, a lot of action all throughout the race. Uh, we've we've got all three series coming this time. So uh, uh, looking forward to seeing. Um, okay, he's back. So looking forward to seeing what uh, what those three series can do this weekend. Let's, uh, get the fan question in. Dad, since you're here, uh, Mr. Rebecca sent in. Uh, a fan question. She did catch the SRX series. Uh, 
past week as we uh, influenced her to do. And she come back with a question for this week. With SRX, Taz mentioned the cars are built and prepared the same, good or bad. And that puts the driver in the hot seat, so to speak, on their abilities rather than equipment. Do the full-time drivers get to race the same car pit crews for the series, or is it you get what you can get each race? As always, thank you for your time. So the drivers race the same car, full-time drivers do, they race the same car all season long. As uh, the crews, as far as crews go, it's basically um, all the guys you see working on the cars, they – there's no specific one guy works on this car, one guy works on that car. There's none of that. Um, basically, uh, they have, like, a group of, like, 20, 30 guys or gals, whatever, and they all, they all work on every single one of the cars there. There's no specific one that they're assigned to. However, I'm not sure if it changed from last year, if it changed last year to this year. Last year, they had... Um, a crew chief, and each driver was assigned to a crew chief by random draw. Uh, they had three celebrity crew chiefs, and the fourth one was a local crew chief. So, uh, say for instance, like last year, um, full-time driver Bobby Labani, he he would uh, would draw first week he'd get celebrity crew chief one, the next week. He could have uh, the local crew chief, and the next week he can get somebody else. I'm not sure if that if they went back to that this year. They never really said that. Um, never went full detail. This is this is one of the negatives um, that SRX um, failed to mention about the whole crew chief deal. That bringing that back this year or not? Um, that's kind of where I'm a little bit disappointed in that sense, but. I mean, there. Like I said, in terms of crew itself, everyone there works on all 12, 13 cars that are racing, plus the the three or four backups, depending on which week and how many cars are on the track and how many backups sit. All right. Thank you for answering that, uh, and hopefully, Mr. Becca, you. Uh... Keep submitting those awesome fan questions. I hope that we answered that to the best of our ability. Um, now we step forward, and it looks like we're going to talk about this upcoming week's racing. Now, South Boston is the racetrack for uh, the SRX series. There is an entry list out. Pat Taylor, do you want to read that entry list so we can uh, so we know who is going to make an appearance this weekend at South Boston Speedway. Sure. We've got the full-time drivers of Ryan Hunter-Ray, Paul Tracy, Tony Stewart, Michael Waltrip, Bobby Labani, Ryan Newman, uh, Greg Biffle, and Marco Andretti. Helio Castroneves is back for this week. Uh, Ernie Francis Jr. for his second and final start this year. Uh, Tony Kanan. We'll be piloting the pink number six again. And the local all-star for South Boston is Peyton Sellers, who is a multi-time track South Boston. Peyton Sellers. Hey, guys, I want to his debut, right? What's that? 
This is Peyton Sellers' debut in the SRX series, correct? Yes. All the locals, all the local drivers this year, basically are making their debut this year. They never ran last year. I mean, Ken, you can argue Ken Schrader for the sense being he was a test driver for SRX this year and last year, but uh, for official races, all the local guys this year are first-time uh, racers for the series. So I heard something interesting today. I want to get your take on it for a couple of seconds each. I heard Ryan List, Ryan Newman talked as a legend, labeled as a legend in NASCAR. What are your thoughts on that, guys? For sure. Rocket Man. I can't argue with that. Uh, I wouldn't argue that. He's a 500 champion. He doesn't have a championship, but he finished runner-up. He was in the time of being a superstar. I think, you know, he was one of those he lasted a lot longer than what he probably should have. He probably raced a little bit longer than he should have. Uh, you know, his career kind of was over. Uh, it, you know, kind of about 2014, I think, would have been appropriate time. But I say that, and he got his uh, second place in uh, in, a, in a championship uh, thereafter. So, uh, yeah, of course I would believe uh, Ryan Newman, a former superstar, of course. Why not? Well, no, no, no. I said legend, not superstar. Legend. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, legend, superstar. I mean, I don't know. I guess legend is a little bit higher than superstar, but, uh, I mean, yeah. People have talked about him for a long time, I believe. Miss Lee says, uh, ha-ha, Shrek a legend. Not so sure about that. I have to agree, and that's kind of why I brought it up, but I wanted to get everybody else's opinion. <laughs> I think that's a term that they throw around way too much, not just in NASCAR, but in other in other sports as well. Uh, when I think legend, I think people that have <clears throat> um, won championships, multiple, uh, maybe even multiple championships. Yeah, but I don't consider him a legend either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bill I don't Elliott's consider a him legend, a legend either. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Mark Martin, then, we're, then we're, where's the thin line of the Hall of Fame? And well, do I think that Ryan Newman will be a Hall of Famer? He's a Daytona 500 champion. He, you, you, well, you that'll tell him the story. Huh? That yeah, will get him in the Hall of Fame, if nothing else. Well, I think I think he put together a pretty decent career. I think we're, I think I think we've forgotten that how dominant Ryan Newman was in his early year. Uh, he played second fiddle to Tony Stewart in his prime, and then never really recovered from that. He, he drove for Childress for crying out loud. He drove for Richard Childress after Kevin Harvick. He was Richard Childress. That Kevin, he you know he was he he was Richard Childress. Uh, that that guy single-handedly carried Childress through the uh, dark years of his grandchildren, I guess. I don't know, but uh, I think we're I think we're shortcoming on, on Ryan Newman. I think he's definitely a name that will be mentioned far, far beyond the uh, generation that he comes from. So, uh, 
All right, that's kind of an odd question, but uh, is is that like a not uh, the superstar racing series that he was just a part of, Craig? Uh, what, no, where no, not at all. No, not at all. I just when I heard it today, it kind of took me back a little bit because he was he was phenomenal in his early years, and then it's like he stayed around past. It's like when you have that relative come to your house. You know, and they're there. Or you have that friend come over and they stay there and... A little too long. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we've all had that neighbor or friend or brother. He's good. <laughs> he, he was great. He was great in his prime. And then it's like he, he stuck around hoping for a second win. Yeah, I think what he did... Uh, at Brass Fenway uh, was was amazing. Uh, you know, he uh, he definitely never got the chance to be in great equipment after Penske. Uh, that, that, and that's that's a shame because I think that we uh, missed out on some even better quali- qualities that Ryan Newman had, mm-hmm. other than having a big ass rear end to have to get around. Uh, he was better at blocking than he was anything. But anyway, right. okay, so we'll get off into, I guess, the final segments of the show here um, as we get ready to make our picks. I believe I shared the entry list. Uh, go back to JC real quick. So on the truck series side, I didn't see a typical rundown there. Orange entry list, last race. Okay. All right, so... Well, I can't get it to pull up, fellas. Help me out here. Well, we're going to run trucks, we're going to run Xfinity, and we're going to run Cup. So, I forget what the uh, I, I forget what the picking order was. It's either you or Taz well, picking first. Still, yeah, I'm last. Uh, been holding the pack up for a long time here, and but I'm slowly but surely uh, eating away at some of this deficit. Me and Taz are, uh, well, I guess we'll just have a license for backseat drivers if that's what it comes down to. But hopefully, we'll get uh, we'll get on up and uh, have a better second half of the season than we've had in our first half. Uh, truck series, you know, Ben Road, he's a banger. Uh, Grant Enfinger, he's one that you expect to be strong. Uh, one of these Kyle Busch cars, you know, the Chandler uh, Smith and the uh, – what's the other boy's name? Oh, the Carson Hostovar. All those guys seem to be not good. I feel like the Truck Series drivers are getting better as the year goes on, and it's going to be harder and harder to, to, to just pick John Hunter Nemechek. But right now, I'm pretty confident in John Hunter Nemechek. I, I feel – it's all about the points at this point in time for me. So, you know, barring uh, a wreck that will probably happen on the first lap, uh, I'm going with John Hunter Nemechek in the truck. Wow. Yeah, no, big right. surprise there. Big surprise. But Ben Rhodes, I think, will be competitive and could possibly uh, be the winner. I, I, I'm wondering if Ben Rhodes isn't a future superstar. Uh, he's definitely uh, he's definitely quite the character, but uh, 
Do I make all three of my picks now? Or do I go to Xfinity yeah, as well? Yeah, make all three Xfinity, of them I now. take Josh Berry uh, because, obviously, like Josh Berry has uh, got a lot of experience on concrete racing. Uh, we used to call old Carl Edwards Concrete Carl. Uh, I think uh, I think Josh Berry reminds me a lot of the old Carl Edwards driving style. So I'm going to have to go with Josh Berry uh, from Junior Motorsports. And on the Cup side, yeah. Not a lot of information out there. You know, you, you kind of you're caught between whose race is this? Is this Joey Logano or is it Kyle Busch? You know, are these two guys some guys that are going to fare off for a championship at the end of the year? It's going to be hard to pick between the two. But man, I'm going with my buddy Kyle Busch uh, for the win uh, in the uh, on the Cup side. So I got I got Kyle Busch, I got Josh Ferryberry. And I've got John Hunter Nemesik, which J H N stands for John. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. All right, so Taz's picks are because he's off air. Zane Smith in the trucks, Gregson in Xfinity, and Bowman in Cup. What about SRX pick, Chris? Uh, let's see. Awesome, big Sure as heck. Didn't think that that was. Oh, dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it. I, man, Ryan Newman. Come on, Ryan Newman. Roll me a big one. <laughs> yeah, you want him to roll you a big one. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was actually meaning to the. Uh, person across the table from me, but yeah, okay, sure. Smoke him if you got him. He's gonna roll you a big one right into victory lane. You're hoping. <laughs> you dang right, buddy. All right, all right, all right. Taz, who's the who's the SRX? I probably stole it from him. All right, so his. All right. His uh, pick for SRX is Labonte. Ah, Labonte. Good job. All right. So who's next? Next is probably CJ Sports. Anybody got CJ Sports' pick? Yeah, he's going to go with, uh, let's see, I'll find him him because we were talking about him and I were talking about him earlier. Uh, let's see. He's going with John Hernemacek, Grayson, and Rowdy. And his his SRX pick has to change because you took it, Chris. His SRX is who? His SR. He has to change his SRX pick because you took Dang. it. Because I took it. Ow! You took it. And he didn't have a second one, huh? No, he was hard enough. He was hard pressed to pick one to start with. Thanks. All right. Well, and we're still waiting on Artie's, I think. No. Uh, uh, all right. So I guess it's me then, right? Yeah, sounds like it. Because we have a new leader this week, and it is Miss Lee. Woo-hoo. All right, Lee. I'm excited. For, I'm excited for Miss Lee. 
just means that she was leading the point that you had a good lead. Yeah, that means I was. I did. I did. Sucks. All right, so I'm also going to go with John Hunter Nemechek. Oh. I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier. Oh. And I'm going to go with Kyle Kyle Larson. Ah, he won Kyle Larson. (laughs) Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Who's the SRX pick, my friend? And my SRX pick is going to be, drum roll, please, Tony Stewart. Oh, Tony is the smoke Stewart. Smoke Johnson. All right, all right. And Miss Lee. Canon. Damn. Jason picked Tony Canon. Oh, ho, 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 ho. All right. Everybody's and picking John Gibbs and Larson. Okay. All right. I'm I'm making a change right now. I am changing. Too many people are going with John Hunter Nemechek. I'm in last freaking place. It's going to bite me big time if John Hunter Nemechek does pick up the win, and he probably will. But you know what? I had so much confidence in Ben Rhodes, and I've talked so highly of Ben Rhodes. I'm, I'm going to stay with John Hunter Nemechek. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I shouldn't have done that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I know what will happen. At least all y'all can suffer the wrath of me picking John Hunter Nemechek. I think that my odds are better on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking. I'm trying to get the points here. Man, I can't get points if everybody picks the same guy I pick. So I'm going to change my pick to Ben Ben Rhodes. Ben Hunter check Rhodes is who I'm going with. Wow. Ben Hunter check Rhodes. Yes, that's who. That's who I'm going with. Ben Hunter, Jack Rhodes. Do you mark me down? I said Ben Hunter, Jack Rhodes. Uh, all right. So Lee's done made her pick. Did, did she pick her SRX? Who is Lee's uh, pick? I don't know. John Hunter, Nemo, Jack. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, she picked Ernie. Is her pick for uh, SRX? Yeah, and Ty Gibbs and Kyle Larson. So, um, wow, Ben Hunter. Jack All right, Rose. so Chris, I have a question for you. And we got a couple. We got about ten minutes. Ah, let's get So I put a, I put up on Race Chat Live eleven hours ago. Who will get a win first this season? Martin Truex Jr. Kevin Harvick or Bubba Wallace? I want to know what you think. Ryan Blaney. He's not on the list. <laughs> but out of, out of those out of those three, um, I just I'm not I'm not so certain. Kevin Harvick. I don't know. I don't know if he's got what it takes to finish in victory lane right now. I really don't. I, we may have seen the the best of Harvick. Um. This is the end, and unfortunately, it does happen like this. And so, I'm just not—I'm uh, not confident that Kevin Harvick can carry a franchise anymore. So, I guess, and I definitely don't believe Bubba Wallace can get a win unless NASCAR stages it. Uh, so, 
I guess that leaves the ladder. And and I want to here's I want to follow up that question with this. Waiting to see if anybody else chimes in. Um, what do you think if you were to guess? What do you think MT, M, MTJ is going to do at the end of the year? Do you think he's going to walk, or do you think he's going to uh, want to stick around, or what's what do you what what's your take? I, I've made I've made this statement before here, Craig. I always have felt in the other sports world, when you start hearing a, a player talk about retirement, their foot is already out the door. Martin Truex yep. Jr. is thinking life beyond racing. That means he's no longer 100% focused on racing. So it's just a matter of time. I agree with you. Do I think Johnny North, Johnny, Johnny will pick up another year uh, for Martin Truex to race around in the 19 and be semi-competitive every week in, week out? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think that uh, um, they'll, they'll love to have Martin Truex Jr. stay one more year at Joe Gibbs Racing. Do I think in Martin's mind that he feels like he's got other things to, to do? Man, that guy went from a nobody to to a somebody, and every time he gets to the top of the world, he gets brought back down to reality with, with his girlfriend and the cancer issues that have just plagued them over the years. I feel like Martin Truex Jr. doesn't want to regret not being – you know, this guy, him and, him and his girl, they're not even married, right? So maybe maybe he feels like in order to be a husband, he has to be a full-time committed. There's something going on there, Greg. There's something going on. I feel like Martin Church Jr. Uh, is going to check out at the end of the year and uh, right off into the sunset. We may see him for a Daytona 500 or uh, something like that. But the guy went from, you know, uh, basically a, a career of Michael Waltrip being – a second place driver to a champion, and uh, um, I don't. I don't want to see him hang on to something like Ryan Newman did, and I don't think Martin Truex wants to either. So, uh, Miss Lee here. I just want to. I would just want to throw over what Miss Lee has to say. We've got a couple minutes left. I don't see any of them winning. She says unless it rains. Uh, MTJ will retire. She believes. Harvick is too busy with his promotion business to work and Keelan's racing to focus on. So, and, and I like how she brought that up and it's kind of like Rowdy. I mean, he's focusing on, I can't remember his son's name to Braxton. save my life. Braxton. Braxton. <laughs> oh, excuse me. So he's focusing on Braxton's win, uh, racing career. Plus, he's got a new little one, uh, just a month old. So I think if he doesn't, if if things don't continue for him at uh, JGR, he's gonna he might take a behind the scenes role, um, and just focus on Braxton, or just focus on Braxton's career totally, which is... Kyle Bush is not going anywhere, y'all. Y'all are crazy. That dude's too fiery. He's not ready to retire. He's ready to win in another organization or possibly in his own equipment. So, if y'all are trying to ride off to the sunset, Kyle Bush, and at the same time saying the stellar career, the stellar season that he's already having this year, 
there's there's plenty of fight left in Kyle Busch. He's nowhere near ready uh, to retire. As a matter of fact, you know, I think he's he's confident that uh, in his words that he doesn't have to worry about a ride next year. He'll race somewhere. That's for sure. He's Kyle Busch. He's Kyle freaking Busch, oh, no, man. KFB, if he wants baby. to race somewhere, if he wants to race somewhere, he will definitely race somewhere. I don't, I don't uh, Miss Lee said MTJ needs to focus on Shelly's health. And then she says Bubba. Well, Bubba is too big for his own britches. Um, uh, I'm, I'm more surprised that Ryan Blaney hasn't made it into victory lane. Um, a lot of, uh, I mean, you cut Brad, Brad Keselowski out of the organization for Ryan Blaney, and Ryan Blaney is, uh, you know, he's not having a very good year. Uh, maybe, maybe it's because he's really finding out what Penske racing is and Ryan Blaney is quite the opposite when it comes to uh, how he dresses and his, his hair and his facial hair now that he's a true member of Penske all that had to go away and uh, you know that that can sometimes put a wear and tear on a driver it takes the fun out of it and if Ryan Blaney's probably not having fun uh, then he's not going to be consistent uh, in, in a race car so um well, and that goes for anything. If you're not having fun at what you're doing, then you're pretty much just you're pretty much just spinning. I, I, spinning but I, I'm kind of quite the opposite. Work is never fun. Work is work, and I think that uh, fun is is what you reflect on in something. So yeah, it was fun. Like I've spent ten years as an announcer. If I, if I weren't able to do it tomorrow. I would look back and say, oh, it was fun. But in reality, it was a lot of hard work. <laughs> so um, work and fun is – it's only fun when it's, when it's creditable or when it's successful. Um, I, I don't know if so many people would think that this show is successful, but as you said earlier, Craig, it's the longest-running show at the 110 Nation Network. We've, I've been doing a podcast personally for 10 years. I must have enjoyed some of it. It's a lot of work. But but there is right. self enjoyment from that. So uh, I believe race car drivers and football players uh, can get in organizations that take all the fun out of things. I hear this a lot from the Patriots. I hear it a lot from people that didn't make it at Alabama. Uh, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. So I think that that's, uh, that, that those two do go hand in hand. Uh, but uh, you know, if you have lack of results it's, and you're not having fun in the organization, organization is not letting you uh, do the things that you want to do and, and be who you want to be, then at times that can make a wear and tear on your stats and performance. Nope, you're 100% right. Well, hey, hey, Chris, guess what? It is that time of the day, night, my friend. It is. It is. I want to I thank everybody for uh, – for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. Chris, I'm, I'm sure you did, and Taz and Miss Lee. want to thank Kyle Dingman for joining us tonight. As sick as he was with uh, hay fever, and there's nothing worse than a summer cold, uh, especially when it has to do with uh, allergies. So I want to congratulate him again on his third win at Fonda this year. Uh, he's got seven or eight races left. So who knows, this kid could pop off one or two more wins and solidify himself as the track champion there at Fonda. So, 
you know, we'll have to wait and see. And if he does, we will definitely have him back on at the end of the year. Um, but we have got to thank our sponsors, Carolina Sports. Uh, there's one or two more. I can't remember what they are. They, I forgot to get the list. But you can listen to us on your favorite podcasting stream, whatever it is, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, uh, Spreaker, of course, BTR. You can play this link over and over again, listen to Kyle's interview, listen to us. Um, And believe it or not, folks, well, you might believe it. We do not pre-show a whole lot. Um, We did yesterday for a little while, and we did today for a little while. But everything we say is not like Race Hub. We don't rehearse it. Uh, we just we just say what's on our mind. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. <laughs> uh, sometimes it works to an advantage. But I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, tune in next week. As Taz always says, the same bat time, the same bat channel. Next week, Ken Kenny from Henry County Motor- Henry Motorsports Park joins us to talk about his weekend of fireworks and racing you don't want to miss it it's going to be if you're down this way it's going to be a hell of a weekend uh and tune in next week tomorrow night is what chris what show do we have tomorrow night i think it's all tomorrow night and southern dirt track more on thursday night jay dillard's show on sunday night and don't forget the ones in Uh, nation sports show mr cj sports in the house every monday night All right, so we will talk at you all next week. Hey, check out our Facebook page as well, Race Chat Live. There's a couple of questions up there. I want to get your feedback on it, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Until next week, everybody, good night. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. All you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they were born Straightening the curve Flattening the hill Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how That's just a little bit more Just a good old boy Wouldn't change if they could Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood